0: and now your host pastor author and motivational speaker dr tiffany watkins
1: hello everyone and welcome again to tasty tidbits i am your host dr tiffany watkins i'm so excited to be with you again today and i am so excited also because of the topic that we're going to be discussing today and i believe it's very important that we get this information out there because there are a lot of people that are struggling in toxic relationships and we're going to be talking to shannon today um, about toxic relationships but i want to let you know a little bit more about shannon Uh, shannon petrovich Uh, She earned her bachelor's degree and her master's in social work, and she earned her clinical license in social work and substance abuse counseling and is a board-certified diplomat in clinical social work. Shannon is a therapist, an author, and a YouTube creator specializing in helping people deal with and heal from narcissistic, abusive, and other toxic relationships, and I'm so excited uh, to even hear a little bit more about the narcissism. But she also has a new book out, and it's called Out of the Fog and Into the Clear, journaling to help you heal from toxic relationships. And it has earned a number one Amazon bestselling status on codependency, self-help from abuse, and personal transformation. Her YouTube channel, Therapist Talks, offers information, insights, and strategies on a wide range of mental health issues and has over 23,600 subscribers and 1.5 million views. So, wow. Welcome today, Shannon. How are you?
2: Thanks so much, Dr. Watkins. I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I am doing well. It is a pleasure to have you a part of the podcast today. So, if you don't mind, just give the listeners a little bit more information about yourself.
2: Well, uh, as you said, I've been a therapist for over 35 years. And about four years ago, I decided that giving information and strategies one hour, one person at a time was um, felt like it wasn't as much as I could accomplish in the world. So I started a YouTube channel because I really could see that a lot of people were watching YouTube for a variety of reasons. And I really wanted to share mental health uh, information, insights and strategies to people all over the world who had no access to that kind of therapy or information. It's been a wild ride. Um, I didn't expect that it would all focus in on narcissistic and other toxic relationships, but that's what people really wanted to hear and what really resonated for them. And I found that so many people were really lost in the fog of those types of relationships. And after a couple of years of doing just specifically those types of videos, I realized that I couldn't do it all that much justice in terms of really helping people deal with and heal from those kinds of relationships. And that's what inspired me to write the book.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, and at one time, and I don't know the statistics now, but uh, was it one in four people would be abused? I'm not sure. I don't have that off of, hand, especially in domestic violence. It could be even um, lower than that. But I know even where we live here, it's um a very big issue um in regards to just um abusive relationships and um a lot of people going to prison and things behind that because it's such a big issue. And so today and throughout today's conversation, we're going to discuss the toxic relationships and how to you know heal from them. Could you explain some signs of a toxic relationship to those that may be listening and aren't sure? Um, that they may can get a little bit more
2: information on that. Yeah, and it's very confusing because a lot of times the relationship is very mixed. And so um, a lot of times a, a relationship will start off with a lot of positives and then it will gradually become more and more negative and toxic. And so a lot of times people will stay stuck in that relationship thinking, well, if I just do this differently or if I do that differently, maybe we can get back to where we started And in fact, that person may have been putting on a facade in the beginning and you're never getting back to that start because that was all a uh, love bombing facade that they used to suck you in. So I think it's really important to recognize that some people are just wired differently. If you are generally an empathic, compassionate, honest person who values integrity and, um, and those sorts of character qualities and values, then it's hard to even understand and conceptualize someone who is so profoundly Mm self-centered that they will manipulate and control. They'll lie, cheat, steal, um, tell wild stories about you, undermine you, um, tell you that they're wonderful in front of your face and then devalue you a minute later. All of these things can be so baffling if you're just not wired that way. And so I think that's part of why people get sucked in and then have a hard time seeing through the fog and getting out.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I, oh, I'm sorry. When you, when you said that, I was thinking about something you said as well. Um, I was watching one of your videos and you were saying how um, actually, a person and help me out if I'm wrong, but you said that they're a narcissistic um, person that may be narcissistic. It's easy for them to lie. So, mm-hmm. in average, you can you can tell if somebody's lying. With them, they do it so
2: much; <laughs> it just is natural to them. Yeah, there are no tells because they're doing it constantly. Yeah. So, I think part of what uh, you know in terms of red flags and and signs of 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 a toxic relationship. If a person is really self-centered, like to a profound degree, if they control and manipulate all around getting what they want, the way they want it, how they want it, when they want it, and they're all about that. If they're all about puffing themselves up to hold up that, I I liken narcissism to a hot air balloon and a hot air balloon, you have to constantly pump hot air into it in order to keep it inflated, otherwise it implodes and then explodes usually. And that's really a great analogy for a a person with a narcissistic personality. They have no really good solid internal sense of self. And so they have to be constantly puffed up or adored or given attention and otherwise they implode. So they're constantly forcing other people around them to pay attention to them, to adore them, to notice them. And when a person is like that, if you are stepped back enough and aware enough, you can see that. And you can see that they're really not about other people, that they are about themselves and and puffing themselves up in every way, shape and form. They tend to be very superficial, obviously. Mm -hmm. So they're focused on appearances and not depth and meaning and purpose. So it's easy to see them from that perspective. But you can see also, you know, people will tell you that they're empathic or compassionate, but you can notice the way they treat people. How do they treat the waiter? How do they treat the bus person? How do they treat, um, how do they talk about people? Do they laugh at other people's pain? Do they make fun of people who struggle? Those are the kinds of indicators that you wanna watch out for when you're first getting to know someone.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, while you were talking, I was just thinking about that. Uh, do you think that narcissism and um, what's the other, what do they call it um, in the crime, in, in the crime area? Oh, socio- yeah,
2: sociopathic. Yeah, yeah sociopathic. Yeah. do you
1: think those two go together?
2: Um, so narcissism exists as all mental health issues do on a wide range. So from mild narcissistic traits to severe narcissistic personality disorder. And in the very extreme of personality disorder, sociopathy is part of it, Mm -hmm. oftentimes. And all that means is that they have zero uh, empathy and zero Mm -hmm. concern for other people's rights, feelings, needs, wants, really their personhood. And so you can feel over time, and you can notice it in a a a loved one, that over time, that person is not really allowed to exist in that relationship as a whole person. They're merely there to puff up that person to give them attention and adoration, and their own wants, needs, thoughts, feelings don't exist. So you can notice if you didn't notice in the beginning, and you got sucked in, Mm -hmm. those are the kinds of things to notice that um, will indicate that you're in a toxic relationship. And then if you try to assert yourself, if you try to talk about your thoughts, feelings, wants, needs, if you try to elicit some empathy and that person shuts you down, gets angry, gets pouty, does all of that manipulation and control, then you really know that that is a toxic relationship.
1: Hmm. So, Shannon, why do you think that there's so many people struggling with toxic relationships going through those
2: relationships? Boy, that's a good question. And I'm not sure, you know, I think it's always been a problem. And we didn't really use the language of narcissistic uh, 30 years ago, but I, I worked in the domestic violence field. And certainly these behaviors have been around forever. So it's not that it's anything new, but I think talking about it in terms of narcissistic personality and traits, that's kind of more new in the last I don't know, maybe 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I think there there is in our culture a lot of confusion around relationships. I think there is less of a focus on character qualities for ourselves and values-driven life for each other. And I think people tend to be more self-centered these days and that is more accepted and also even glorified (laughs) in social media. And so if you think about all the superficiality and all of how people define themselves with their looks and their bank account and their jobs and their social media, and that is the opposite of what we need to do if we want to have a healthier society and healthier relationships.
1: Hmm. Yes. And, and and sometimes it's if you've never been in a type of relationship like that, sometimes I find people at times can be um, somewhat um, unsympathetic and not very understanding um, because of the people that enter in those type of relationships. And um, I've come to learn to understand you have to learn empathy because you don't know what type of background they came from. You don't know um, what they have been dealing with and you know just the self-esteem issues. It can be a wide gamut of things that they're dealing with. Um, and so it's important for us to be sensitive and trying to help the person that's in that toxic relationship to know that there is a way out and that there is help, you know, instead of condemning them or, you know, just being hard on them. Why don't you just, you know, get out of it. It's just not that easy.
2: (laughs) That's absolutely right. And that's why um, we talk about the fog and getting out of the fog into the clear, because when you're in that kind of relationship, it is absolutely baffling. It is as, as, as if you're in an ocean fog situation, you don't know which way is left, right, up or down. And it's so difficult to see with any kind of clarity how to get out, what happened, how you got in there. And the tendency is just to feel stupid, to feel Mm -hmm. like you're to blame. Mm-hmm. and to be really hard on yourself and so that doesn't help <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because somebody else is already telling you those things and and blaming you and taking you you know n- taking no accountability for themselves and blaming you for everything so it it all kind of uh buries you in this in this feeling of of um of being in a fog so when we talk about how to get out of that fog it's really important that you take a look at the facts of the situation. And oftentimes those come as a result of a, an incident or an episode where there was something really bad that happened. And when that happens, it's important to write it down to tell people who are your your people um, mm-hmm. so that you can stay focused on those facts because pretty soon you're gonna go back into that fog. So when you see any of those reality uh, realities and facts for what they are and you really see what this person is about it's important to that's why I talk about journaling if you can write down those facts and you can stay the course and really drag your heart through the process of getting emotionally clear of this person um, we can also get those facts from other people you know oftentimes there are other people who love us and say look I've noticed this this and this and kind of want to poo-poo that and say, well, you just don't understand them the way I do um, because our, our our emotions are already attached to that person. But it's an unhealthy trauma bond kind of attachment. It's not healthy. And if we can keep those facts lined up in our head, we can make a wise decision with our rational mind and we can walk ourselves through it without getting sucked back in again. Hmm. hmm.
1: Yes, yeah, Shannon. And so what are some other things that we could do or those that we know could do to get free from an abusive partner and a parent, an adult, you know, a child or a sibling or a work colleague? Because it's not just abusive partners, but, you know, adults who abuse their children, you know, siblings that abuse each other um, and even work and, co- you know, work colleagues.
2: Absolutely. And a lot of the, um, you know, if if I look at the analytics of the last few months, one of my most watched videos recently has been when your son or daughter is a narcissist. And that has Um, been getting a ton of attention because a lot of um, adults have adult children, and they're either separated off from their grandchildren, they're being abused and, and uh, uh, verbally or even physically assaulted by their adult child. And sometimes, you know, that has fraught with a lot of baggage because they're our kid and it's really hard to, to stomach that and to deal with that and to set boundaries up and actually walk through that. But it's all the same thing. And and one of the first steps that I walk through in my book is to assess the toxic relationship within your own mind, because oftentimes either because of early childhood experiences or this person who has been devaluing and and manipulating and controlling us for however long they have been, that we have a, a very harsh internal critic. And so whenever we feel sad or frustrated or disappointed or we make a mistake, we dump on ourselves internally in the worst, most harsh ways. And so if we are that toxic within our own minds, uh-huh. We're not going to be able to get free from someone else who's toxic because it's all resonating back and forth. Uh-huh. And and so we have to first address that harsh internal critic and get free of that and start to become compassionate with ourselves, start to really rebuild a sense of self from the inside out. What are our character qualities? Who am I that I actually like and respect? Uh, what are my values? What matters to me? And when you can reestablish all that, and when you can start to be your own best friend and be encouraging and caring and compassionate towards yourself, then you can start to address the other person with setting boundaries. Initially, if it isn't, if it's violence, you have to just get out right away Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. sort out the emotions later. But if there's just sort of a back and forth and you're not sure you can always set boundaries. And what that looks like is that you have to look at the, the three Ps. So we undermine ourselves with people-pleasing, placating, and peacekeeping. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and when we're doing that, what we're doing is we're being actually dishonest. So we need to, you know, tell the truth in love. You know, you're a, um, someone who understands that really well from James. And so we, <laughs> we need to say the truth in love with that person and um, we need to own our own thoughts, feelings, wants, needs, um, and ask for, you know, the ability to be able to exist as a whole person within that relationship. So then that person has two choices. They can accept, honor, respect, or they can really escalate. So either way that boundary works because either it works because it changes the relationship and gives that potential relationship some um, some oxygen of truth. Or it shows you that this person has absolutely no willingness or ability to respect and honor you at all because they've escalated just because you asked to be seen and heard. And so then you know that that relationship is not resolvable. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And one thing that you mentioned, Shannon, is that, you know, if it's an abusive relationship, you need to get out as as quick as possible. And a lot of people stay in the abusive relationships because of fear um, Mm -hmm. that something would happen because a lot of times those threats, those partners will take action, you know, on those threats. And so it builds a fear there um, that continues to hold um, the individual in the relationship. My mother experienced abuse early in life. And um, one of the things that helped her to get out was support. And so it is so imperative um, that you you build a good support system, uh, someone that can be with you there along the journey and to help you to carry you through it, even all the way out of it. Uh, Whether it's a therapist, Shannon is a therapist, but whether it's a therapist, whether it's um, a a relative you can trust or a friend you could trust or anyone that you could trust, because having that support system shows you that there's someone in your corner and that you can get out of it um, and you have extra strength to help you along the way. Do you agree with that, Shannon?
2: Absolutely. And there's also domestic violence hotlines and other support hotlines so that if you don't have people in your, in your world anymore. Because uh, the other thing that uh, uh, an abusive person, a controlling, manipulative person does is separate you from your people mm-hmm. so that you don't have support and you don't have a sense of uh, of reality. Um, so that's it's a, a very intentional thing that they separate you from your people and isolate you. But I think oftentimes people are embarrassed to go back to the people that they've isolated from. Mm -hmm. And and I really strongly encourage people to let go of that shame and just move back into those relationships to call the person that you haven't talked to in forever, and to reach out to the people that you've cut yourself off from, because they more than likely will be thrilled to be there for you. And they are still there for you. It It was you in that relationship that cut them off. And so, you know, going back to that or getting the support from the hotlines, if you have to, because you're right, the, the, the person who's very manipulative and controlling, when they absolutely lose control is when they are the most dangerous. Mm-hmm. So that fear is legitimate fear, absolutely legitimate fear. And, and you have to listen to that fear, because that's giving you the wisdom to know what to do and what not to do. But don't stay stuck in the fear. Um, and, and let yourself be, you um, sort of abused and, and, um, driven into that deep, dark hole forever, um, use the fear to have the energy to find your way out and get the support that you need to get out. Mm -hmm. And your heart may still not be there. You can love and leave. You can still love that person. You can still wish it was better, but you have to line up the facts in your mind and recognize those are the facts.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So in and, and just thinking about relationships, when is it advisable to use boundaries
2: and when do you need to just get out? So we talked about getting out. Well, I think there's, there's kind of two pieces of getting out too. Emotionally, uh, it's important to leave emotionally whenever you feel um, abused, neglected, not heard, not seen. Um, and we can actually leave emotionally and stay physically if it's safe. So a lot of people, when I'm talking with um, men and women who have abusive adult children and they wanna stay in relationship with them because of grandchildren, you can actually learn to emotionally separate from that person. And sort of, I call it watching the circus go by so that you can go, oh, there they are doing those lies. Oh, there they are doing that control manipulation thing. Oh, there they are doing that drama thing. And not get yourself emotionally involved in it, not get yourself overwrought about it. Just sort of emotionally separate, watch the circus and don't jump in the monkey's cages with them. So when you can accomplish that, that's emotional separation. And sometimes you can stay in a relationship if you need to, you know, if you're co-parenting, you have to learn to do that, right? Mm -hmm, So even if you mm -hmm. divorce somebody, you have to learn to emotionally separate so that you can swap the kids out at McDonald's or whatever, and not get yourself overwrought and over emotional in those swap outs. But, um, but if there's violence, you do have to just sort of remove yourself and then learn to emotionally separate. Because that it's not a resolvable the situation, but sometimes people will know that they can't get out right then and there. And then they will consciously do the placating peacekeeping <laughs> and people pleasing in a conscious way so that they're not feeling so emotionally undermined, but they're actually making conscious choices until they can remove themselves from the situation. So you know what works and you know, what doesn't work and, and deciding to do that is really important if you're in physical danger. If -hmm. you're emotionally bankrupted by this person, you know, a lot of people feel like they have to emotionally get out or, you know, the abuse is all emotional, but they have to get out in order to save their mental health. And they literally feel like they're going to go crazy or have a complete physical and um, emotional meltdown if they stay. And that's important to recognize too and get out. Um, otherwise, you can try the boundaries. And again, they either uh, show that you can resolve it or that it's not resolvable. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that being said, how
2: can all of us have a healthier relationship in any relationship? I think it starts with with telling the truth in love. You know, I think that that we do tend to, I think, as, especially as women, we tend to do mm-hmm. a lot of people pleasing and yes. placating. Mm-hmm. I saw you laugh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and I think we're kind of trained up to be that way. And, and I understand that. And that's a, a wonderful gift and a strength. And it, we're compassionate and empathic, and that's lovely. But if we are not telling our truth and not, um, and not, saying what's true for us and not having our own emotions and thoughts and needs and moods and and all of that and we're not taking care of any of that we are running ourselves down the road to to emotional bankruptcy and depletion and crash and burn and burnout and all of that so it's really important I think to have healthy relationships we have to just be in our truth Mm -hmm. and the, the truth sets us free. We yeah. are, you know, able to be, and then we give our partner the opportunity to respond instead of react. And we give them the opportunity to grow and we give our relationship the opportunity to grow in that love and in that truth. Um, so I think that was, those are really, really key, um, certainly in my marriage and I think in, in all relationships.
1: Mm-hmm and we just have to really be like you said true to ourselves i deal with a lot of um young people and even in middle school and you know a lot of them um in in elementary school, even with students and different things like that, you know, some relationships with the students that they're with can be overbearing and pushy. And I had a one one young lady come to me and say, "Well, how do you know how do I tell them I don't like them?" I say, "You just tell them the truth." <laughs> well, that'll be rude. That'll be rude. And I was like, yeah. "No." <laughs> I say, "You just have to be honest and truthful with them." Well, I'll just ignore them. I say, "No, they'll keep coming until you stand until." the truth but you know that's even with with a young person dealing with that but it's the same thing a lot of times with adults as well right and so it's so important like you said is that we stand in the truth our truth because it could protect us one i I, you know i want to say one more thing or ask one more thing um kind of didn't plan it but before we go uh is just to notice the warning signs. And Shannon, if, if you can agree, most of the time, if we pay attention to our intuition, our spirit, if we, we, we pay attention to those nudges, when we first get in that relationship, you sh- we can't ignore those warning signs because there's something always there. I remember a relationship that I was in dating immediately, you know, in the beginning, and this individual... On the first date, gave me a, a ring, like an engagement ring, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know you. You know how are you gonna give me this?" And they were like, "Well, I just want you to know, I'm, you know, I mean business." But that was a red flag for me. It's like, mm-hmm. why are you trying to jump so quickly? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the first date, on the first.
2: Wow, that's a new one. I haven't yes. heard that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the first day and so it was like the whole time um on the outside like you say in the beginning they're they're showering you with everything you know they uh-huh. would rent cars every time we go out and you know just take me to the nicest place but something was in the inside of me just something was this and it just I couldn't put my finger on it it was just like something you know wasn't right there and um it and 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 just seeing that individual, it was things that reminded me about someone that I knew was abusive, um, yeah. but I couldn't put my finger on it. But those are little keys and notes and warning signs that you don't need to go further. And needless to say, we did, you know, we ended up breaking up because you know. Um, but it's important to pay attention to those warning signs. So, can you talk a little bit about that before
2: we go, Shannon? Um, Absolutely, and I think that's so important. Um. I did a, a couple of videos. One is my empathy is killing me, and the other was uh, how to develop a trustworthy creepometer, and, <laughs> and the one thing that will derail it. Um, so, so I think it's really important to recognize right off the bat whether that person is love bombing you or loving you. So love is a very action oriented thing. And it, it, it it's actually getting to know you and really understanding who you are and wanting to know you and understand who you are. Mm-hmm. Love bombing is more like what you were talking about with the ring and the cars and the all of that. And, um, and you can always tell the difference if you take a step back from that person and you say, hey, I just don't have any time this week. I'm really busy or whatever. If they pout and throw a tantrum and have an issue with it and get mad and either pressure you or back away entirely so that you'll try, they'll try to get you to come running to them, you know you're in it with a, a really uh, immature person mm-hmm. who is very self-centered and very much love bombing you, not loving you. If you take a step back or say I, I just need a little bit of space, and they go, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'm I'm here, and um, and I'm I really care about you, but I'm not going to push you. That is a person of quality who has a solid sense of themselves and isn't going to be throwing little tantrums every time they don't get their way. So I think those are things to watch out for, and um, and the one thing that will derail a creepometer. is getting intimate too quickly. Because (laughs) oxytocin is, um, is released when you are intimate with somebody. And Mm -hmm. oxytocin is the chemical in our brain that is the same one that happens when you breastfeed a baby. So you are attaching yourself to this person that you don't know that well, at the level of a baby and yourself and a baby. And that is so powerful. And Mm -hmm. it's so hard to Hard to get rid of that attachment when you realize this person is not for you, so if you haven't been intimate yet, it's much easier to keep your wise mind on board uh-huh. and your wise mind in charge, and it's easier for you to see that person for who they are and walk away in the in the early days
1: that that is that was said so well I was just when you gave that example about the attachment with the baby that's just powerful. I'm just yeah. on that. That's very powerful. And I love that where you were saying the difference between loving you and love bombing you. Um, I think that just brings it out to help people understand and the listeners to understand that there is a difference and you can, that would help you to pay
2: attention to those
1: warning signs because there is a difference.
2: Yeah, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people get sucked into that love bombing. And then when they start to devalue you, then you think, well, I guess, you know, I really want to get back to that place. So I'm going to fix that part of me, Mm -hmm. but it isn't about that. It's about that person is, is grooming you to beat up on yourself and to take responsibility for all the emotions and all the moods that they have pouring out of them. And they want to control and manipulate you 24 seven. So that's a setup for disaster. So when a person devalues you, you got to step back and take a look at that person for who they are and that relationship for what it's turning into. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today, Shannon. This has been very helpful to the listeners. It's so much information and I want to get the book and I know it'll be able to help others, but would you let the listeners know how they could get in touch with you?
2: Sure. So I have a website, and that kind of is the um, Grand Central Station of all my stuff. And it's uh, called, you can get there two ways, either therapist or no foggy days.com. That's the new name of it, which I think is fun. And um, so that's the website and I have blogs and, and podcasts. So this will be posted on there mm-hmm. and also therapist talks on YouTube. If you um, just search for therapist talks or Shannon Petrovich, you'll find my channel uh, therapist talks on Facebook, Instagram. I'm not as busy on those things and Twitter. <laughs> um, I don't care for those as much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, that's it. Um, So there's a lot on the on the website. And uh, it also has a link to the Amazon link for the book. So if you go to the website, you'll find the book, too.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And listeners, um, if you are experiencing any type of relationships that is toxic uh, or, you know, someone that may be dealing with relationships that are toxic then go um, to Shannon's website, go there and get some information there. They will be able to help someone else. Purchase the book, get it, read it, Uh, and also she is a therapist. Find out more information about what she does because there's always help there. Um, And if um, an individual has support, uh, and even she talked about something earlier, a lot of times they're secluded You know, when they get in relationships, they're blocked off in that relationship and they are fearful or afraid to reach out. Never stop trying to reach out to that individual because one day um, they may come back to you. So it's very important when she was saying that, I thought about that, even when it seems like they've done away with you, um, with all that you can do to be safe, you know, try to stay in touch with them because I think that's a big help. And um, getting them to recover. And so, check uh, Shannon's side out today. And we just thank you for being a part of the podcast again today. And we hope to see you again on our next episode. You all have a wonderfully blessed day. God bless.
0: Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on Goodreads.com or visit her website at www.RenewedFaithMinistriesInc.com Until next time, stay blessed.